What's up, Video Landers? I'm Brad. And I'm Marshall. I'm Matt. Welcome to episode number 237. Tonight we'll be talking about Blade Runner 2049. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude, so the conversation can get a little hardcore. I think our president calls it locker room talk. Isn't that right, Marsh? I think so. I think Eminem gave him a little bit of locker room talk just the other day, too. <laughs> We're not too bad, though. Would you? Would your yeah. guys' mother listen to us? No. no probably not. Not at all. <laughs> Does your, Absolutely does your not. Does guys' no. mother know you're even here? No, she has no idea where we're at. <laughs> also, spoiler alert for all things Blade Runner. If you haven't watched the movie and you don't want it ruined, pause the episode and come back later. Blade Runner 2049 has received critical acclaim, with some regarding it as one of the best sequels ever made. It's currently sitting at 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, but in classic Blade Runner fashion, the sequel is underperforming at the box office. As of right now, 2049 has earned around $31 million in its opening weekend. It costs more than $150 million to make, with a break-even point reportedly as high as $400 million. It's not off to a great start, guys. Why aren't people showing up for Blade Runner 2049? I'm thinking they might have overestimated how popular it was. I mean, among general audiences. Uh-huh. Um, I think... Blade Runner is still somewhat of a cult film in the sense that I think mostly only really hardcore science fiction fans fans like it rather than the larger public. I mean, Star Wars is a mass appeal science fiction. Blade Runner is more it's still a little more of a niche appeal. Yeah, science fiction. I was put in the 2001 Space Odyssey bracket. Don't right. You? Yeah. Right. So it's like it's thinking man sci-fi. Yes. So it's like, oh hey, let's make a sequel of Clockwork Orange. People exactly. Like, it's it's great. It's mm-hmm. a classic. Everyone yeah. loves it critically. But right. does who wants to really see a sequel about yeah. that? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised. Kind of There's a lot of people that have not watched the original Blade Runner. Seth yeah. Fisher, yeah. Yeah. my co-host. He's never seen Blade, but he just he just, he just watched it. Okay. Yeah, like you a know, week ago. just a week ago. Yeah, there's a lot of people that um, went back, and I think a lot of that too uh, with the original Blade Runner is I think people are confused. I don't know how many times I've heard um, this last week, at least two or three, where people have messaged me being like, "Hey, Brad, what cut should I watch?" Well, I was yeah. just gonna say that might play into it a little bit. Is there's seven freaking versions of the original, so for people that haven't seen it, maybe it's a bit of a daunting task. We like. I kind of want to see the new one, but I need to see the old one. And then, like, which one do I watch? Do I watch theatrical, directors, Final Cut? Which, Where do I start? Yeah, I so, did read somewhere that most of the changes in the Final Cut were aesthetic. There might have been some minor story changes, but the bulk of it is, like, cleaning stuff up, making exactly. it look better. There's, a, there's yeah. not too much difference between director's cut and right. Final Cut. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 35 years is a long time to wait for a sequel. I wonder if uh, Avatar is going to fall into this problem because Avatar has a huge budget and they've already signed on for what, like three or four? four. I don't have the like facts in front of me, but budget. yeah, there's there's yeah. a lot of money you know that's going in. Yep. They even just built they, a park. Yeah. Do you think mm-hmm. it's going to flop like Blade Runner? I mean, it has the potential. It really does. It's been almost a decade. But check and, this out because even Matt said like you know Blade Runner is like that niche movie, right? Yeah. But I know more people. That like Blade Runner, even though it's that niche movie, yeah, like, than like Avatar. Yeah, well, <laughs> no one wants a fucking Avatar. Well, and like movie. you said, that Avatar was more of a mass appeal when it came out. And so, I, yeah, I don't know what the audience is going to be for that going forward. If if all those people that you know went out and spent a billion dollars on it last time, if they're going to be like, okay, I'll do it again four more times, or if they're going to be like, I'm done after the first one, I don't know. Yeah. It could flop. It really could. 
then he's he's in quite a hole if it does. Oh man, it could be the <laughs> so, apocalypse. The apocalypse. The the yeah. cinematic apocalypse, like Steven Spielberg has talked about. Yeah, right. it could. But, I mean, I do think they're probably going to be diminishing returns to a higher degree than with Star Wars. I think Star Wars is like on another level. It's well, almost yeah, critic proof. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, but I think with like Avatar and Blade Runner, Blade Runner at least was highly critically acclaimed. I don't think Avatar was as high as. Critically no, acclaimed, no, 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 even no. though it did better box office numbers. So it's it's just one of those weird balancing. Like, it, will it work or not? I don't know. It's yeah. kind of like Transformers. You know, everyone hates Transformers, but it still makes five hundred yeah, million dollars. But it hasn't been a decade since the last one. So yeah, and that's the other thing Avatar has going for it. It's not thirty five years. I think it's like yeah. what ten years, something, yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, but I think the other problem with Blade Runner when it comes to uh, box office, the troubles they're having is the lack of appeal from twenty five and under. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. there's like my son. He's eighteen. Yeah. He didn't give two shits about Blade Runner. You know, but I think there's a lot of people ten years ago. There's that younger generation, twenty five and under, probably will care about Avatar. But will us, yeah. us older folk, yeah, <laughs> give right. a shit us about old Avatar? They ain't get my money. Yeah, <laughs> probably. It, it does have it. some other things going against it. I mean, like we said, the original. There's a lot of versions. It's. A, it can be a bit of a slog to get through. Because it's much different pacing than that, you know, movies nowadays, and it's similar to this one. Like, if you have any idea about this one, you know it's two and a half hours. Yeah, it's not a action blow 'em up, you know, big blockbuster. Yeah. And that's so few... if people know a little bit about that going in, they might be hesitant to go to the theater to see a two and a half hour. You just hit on two big things, I think. There, so. you know, like with two and a half, three hour movie, that's mm-hmm. fewer screenings per day. It's only playing yeah. four times at, mm-hmm. at the theater. So I'm really right. surprised with. With the budget that they even tried to make this a three-hour movie instead of cutting it down a little bit, but yeah, that's that's fewer screenings per day. Um, I mean, they had it on three screens issue. at the theater I went to. They yeah. had three screens for it, but it, yeah, it's still I think the big semi IMAX that I saw it on. I only think I had four yeah. four screenings. And then the day, marketing so. campaign, like you said, I mean, it's a it was very mysterious. You don't mm-hmm, know much right. going into Blade Runner, mm-hmm. and I think all those things that we just mentioned were you know contributing factors to why it did poorly at the box office. Yeah, yeah. and I'm thinking but, the rating also might be factor because I mean the highest grossing high grossing films with big um, big grosses. Even if they have big budgets, it's usually like PG thirteen, PG, and this is an R rated three hour movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But then that you look better. at it, which is two and a half hours yeah. long, and it's true. And it just that, it just crossed three hundred million. It's that was a surprise to a lot of people. It's three hundred and four million dollars right now, the highest yeah. grossing horror mm-hmm. film of all time. Right. Talk about overperforming. Yeah, yeah right, producers right. Well, weren't even expecting mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. It overperformed, but I think it is a little different because it falls into. I mean, you look at some of the highest, uh, not necessarily grossing, but highest rate of return, and those are all horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like Blair Witch, mm-hmm. uh, Paranormal Activity. People love yeah. horror movies. Yeah. And this one, I think, just hit at the right time. Mm-hmm. It was a bit nostalgic for those people that maybe knew a little bit about the original mm-hmm. It. It seemed to be well made. And it just, I mean, it, it, it was a perfect storm that, yeah, that hit. A, but, it, but it had yeah. its market. Sci-fi is just so much trickier mm-hmm. to hit that market to get that big yeah, of a return. And especially Blade Runner. Like you said, this is yeah. some action blow them up. I mean, yeah. this went in front of the Pantheon Council. You would think, going in front of the Pantheon Council, this would have been a no-brainer, mm-hmm. Blade Runner, right? But it mm-hmm. uh, it fought to get its way in. I think it only... I think it squeaked by. 
Yeah, it just squeaked by. Yeah, and it's because um, there is it's it's a very slow build movie, you mm-hmm. know, and it does have its issues, but uh, you know, it's it's a it's a brilliantly constructed visual feast, mm-hmm. you know, which. Man, I I love visiting the and world. And it's open ended. It leaves that. you with questions. Yeah, and I like that. I yeah. I, I love the uh, yeah very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. But hopefully the word of mouth will give this film some legs. It's an eighty nine percent rotten tomatoes, so. and I really yeah. enjoyed my time in the theater. I had some issues. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. It's probably sitting top five of the year for me right now. So just right out the gate here, I I really did enjoy it. I've watched it twice now. Nice. So, well, but I wish that would have earned some of that god money because <laughs> I'd like to see a, that see a, nice. a third movie. Right. Yeah, you still might. We'll Maybe. see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see how happens. it continues to do. Because a lot of love went into this movie. Oh, love yeah. it or love it or hate it, a lot of love went into constructing this movie. Yeah, right. Uh, real quick, because I know when you do your verses and stuff, IMDb. I was looking at that earlier today. I think it was an eight point six on IMDb. So it's pretty high up there on IMDb's rating as well. So really, you know it's what? I like good diverse. rating. So we'll... I would love to verse Fury Road. Versus Blade Runner twenty forty nine. There, there's cool. different content there. Yeah. But two movies from the past coming back, visually stunning. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, um, again, one's an action movie, one's a sci fi thinking movie. But I think there's some things you could verse there that would be really interesting. What's the best mm-hmm. sequel that come out of these mm-hmm. these two franchises? Right. Um, but seriously, it's even amazing that Blade Runner twenty forty nine even exists. Right. Mm-hmm. Real quick, where do you guys stand on the original nineteen eighty two Blade Runner? It still it still sounds foreign to me though. Does Blade it, Runner sequel. Yeah, does that that sounds weird? Thirty five years. I haven't really it, been waiting. Yeah, right. Because most people we'd probably weren't ever but, thinking that you would get one because it, I'm sure that it's been in talks for quite a long time, and other people have probably tried to. Well, I'm sure really Scott's tried to make a sequel to it for a long time. It's Dude, just he's that... been too busy making alien movies. <laughs> he loves yeah. his alien. He loves man. his alien movies. He was too yeah. busy in post-production for Prometheus yeah. and then going True. into Alien Covenant to even give a shit about... Yeah. Well, that might play Blade into Runner. the returns on it right now, too, is it wasn't something that people had been necessarily like clamoring for. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like for the last 10 years people were like, where's my Blade Runner sequel? Where's my fucking Blade <laughs> Runner sequel? Except for diehard fans. Except for yeah. super diehard fans. And so... I think this is going to take a little bit more time for people to come around to it. But what about the Ryan Gosling contributing factor? Man, I thought this guy was was box office proof. He does. He's a sexy man. Sexy man. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Harrison Ford. He's a young guy. I don't know. So where do you guys stand with this 1982 Blade Runner? What's your your uh, the cut that you enjoy to watch? I. Well, the only one I've been watching recently is the director's cut because I own it. So okay. I don't really have a strong desire to go back to, to watching the theatrical version or to seeking out the final cut. But in terms of what my opinion of it is, I really admire it. It's a tough movie to love just because of the how it feels. It's, a, it's dark. It's introspective, um, moody. Uh, it's not a feel-good movie. No. But... I mean, you have to admire it for the visuals, uh, for the artful storytelling, the for miniatures. the performances, oh. for pretty much for the score, pretty much everything. I mean, in that sense, like it's a great movie. Uh, to me, well, it is Pantheon, and for me, it's like sneaky. Would you have voted Pantheon? I probably would have, uh, just because there's nothing you can really point as to being wrong about it. It's just not a movie that makes me feel, oh, this is a Pantheon movie. It's a movie I look at and say, well, it is a Pantheon movie. Yeah, for yeah. me, man, it's uh, the Blade Runner final cut. I would have voted yes on director's cut as well, mm. but it's uh, it's in my top five sci-fi films of all oh, time. Oh, mine too, as well, because yeah. there's not a whole lot else you can put well, in there except for like two thousand. And like you said, when you just 
when somebody says sci-fi and you think of yep. sci-fi visually, you think of like 2001 and Blade Runner. Exactly. Yeah. Like, or Star Wars. I think yeah. when like, you say it's, sci-fi. It's in that top mm-hmm. five of just what is sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. when you say sci-fi, you know, um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I think I automatically think um, L.A. 2019, Blade Runner. That's sci-fi to me. That were Neo Tokyo Akira. Mm-hmm. I actually put Akira just a notch up. You know, before Blade Runner, but I love that uh, that universe and, and how that looks um, when it comes to sci-fi. But um, I voted yes for Pantheon. I, the, the Evangelist score is amazing. I love the score so much. I bought the T-shirt, <laughs> the Evangelist T-shirt. But uh, yeah, you say sci-fi, that's what I think. It's a visual orgasm. Blade Blade Runner. It's hard to watch. You, know, you just can't pop it in. You know, every uh, every week. It's yeah, not. It's your, not like hey, let's have some fun and watch Blade Runner. Yeah, let's have some fun and watch Blade <laughs> it's Runner. Like hey, let's chill. Blade Runner Blade is Runner. a visual experience, mm-hmm. you know, and that world to me that you know it lacks mystery. I think it lacks, you know, a, a little bit of story, but what it may it makes up for that in spades when it comes to the visual content they're giving mm-hmm. you. Um, what's your opinion on the original Blade Runner? Well, I said yes to Pantheon. I think I watched I watched some version a long time ago um, when I liked it, and then recently when I watched it for Pantheon, I, I watched the theatrical and then the final cut um so i've seen a couple versions now but it's for me it was pantheon it just like you said it's just it's a it's a sci-fi spectacle that despite what flaws there may be in the story or pacing if you want it's just it just has like the it factor there's just something about it where it just works The, the world building was so on point you know it was they did it was so much love that was put into it you can tell like they just they built this world and they thought everything out and it just it works it works in that respect and you know it, it just it harkens back to some noir it's it's not an action film it's it's a mystery it's a detective story um but it works f- for the setting that they put it in yeah and for me like I, yeah, when it comes to like top sci-fi, like it's top in there. Top five for you? Top sci-fi? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, good deal. Yeah. So I'm Shit, sure this one might squeak into it. Yeah, <laughs> really? That's awesome. That's, yeah, mm. we'll get into that. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about this movie for a long time, so we gotta start somewhere. And man, I tell you what, guys, it's been scrambled in my head. I didn't know where to where to go, but. Um, I want to talk about the opening scene. All right, this is Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049. We've been waiting for 35 years. I couldn't wait to go to the movie theater, sit in that chair, and see the opening scene. I had no idea what it would be, but this is experience like Star Wars for me. Not in content or storytelling, but the experience. And I couldn't wait to see what that first shot was going to be. I was anticipating this, man. And that first shot, what did you guys think? Were you in the Blade Runner universe? I thought it was... I was really impressive. I mean, it was a little bit jarring just to see that vast expanse of, like, sameness mm-hmm. and just uh, how big it was, um, how developed it was. Um, I mean, you certainly knew it was, this was a science fiction film because the landscape did not look now. It looked like far future. Yeah, because that opening to Blade Runner... Uh, 1982, we get, uh, you're entering the apocalypse, you Mm -hmm. get smokestacks and factories, fire, fire. and uh, in this you have Kay, you know, played by Gosling, he's in a spinner, he's not in LA, he's riding over the top of these, um, they're not satellites, what are they? Uh, solar panels? Yeah, solar, solar panels. Yeah, just this huge solar field. And I love the scale. And that's something mm-hmm. I'm going to say multiple times what? during this review. They get the scale 
completely right. And it was such a contrast right. from 1982 Blade Runner. Mm. They didn't copy it and paste. Mm. They they took us out of L.A., mm. all right, and they took us to the farmlands, mm. yeah. which I thought was a great move. I thought it was beautiful. What do you think, Marsh? But the feel of it felt like Blade Runner. It did. Yeah. It's like... And I'm I'm just a sucker for scope. I love wide like establishing shots. I love seeing that because there, you have to put so much detail into those shots to make them look realistic. And it looked beautiful mm. that opening shot with him flying over the fields there. Um, but yeah, it, it felt like you just right back into that world, even though you were uh, spread out from it. You're not downtown L.A. It just it still felt like Blade Runner. Yeah, it felt like that world, and it was dirty and. It was beautiful. Yeah, and I beautiful. love the locations in this movie. Yes. Um, skip ahead just a little bit, but the yeah. locations in general, for me, okay, th- so they had to, to open up Blade Runner for me, okay? Mm-hmm. And they did, and that's the best thing they could do, all right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to bitch, but, yeah. but, all right, L.A. I was talking to you about this mm-hmm. yesterday, Marshall. Yeah. L.A. Mm-hmm. is my Tatooine, yeah. okay? Is the coolest place. It's where all the shit's happening, right? Mm-hmm. It's where all the crime, that's where all the seedy stuff is. That's where I want to spend my time. Mm-hmm. But on the same hand, I'm so glad that they took us to San Diego. Yeah. They took us to the farmlands. They took us to um, a factory. They took us to Vegas. Yeah. And I love the different designs because the best thing they could do for this movie was open up the universe. Yeah. I thought they did a great job with that. And in hindsight, I'm kind of glad people have been talking about, and I, I guess we spoil shit, so it doesn't matter. But sequels maybe off world that stuff i'm kind of glad now they didn't do that they didn't go uh, too yeah. far yeah i yeah. like that they're opening it up um in segments that's they're, a rough not, one that's yeah a rough it one would be me. awesome to see because because you've heard about it now for two two, movies, two films yeah. right and it sounds really cool and mm-hmm. and even in this one he talks about now they've they've got uh replicants on what like nine planets doing yeah. slave labor so yeah. that would be really cool to see yeah. but i'm glad for this one they just expanded a little bit yeah. and didn't go too crazy because they teach um, you they show you the off-world ships right i mean they do that in the i think the original blade runner as well but uh-huh. especially with this film because it is more of a personal story multiple yeah. personal stories so it should feel more intimate in scope you shouldn't expand you shouldn't expand it just for no reason you have to focus on where the characters are yeah. and where they're he going he has to have a motivation for right it. if he didn't have a motivation to go off world there's no need to yeah, yeah. And I, I love that opening scene. Back to the opening scene, you have a K played by Gosling. He's going to uh, this uh, farmhouse where a rogue replicant, Sapper Morton, is living. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that scene. That farm opening was actually taken from a scrap scene from yeah. 1982 yeah. Blade Runner that they just what? couldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah did you not know that? I read yeah. about that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, but I guess it just didn't work. For Blade mm-hmm. Runner, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, I love when a movie turns you around. We all did the. Uh, uh, Planet of the Apes review, mm-hmm. uh, War for the Planet, yeah, War yeah. of the Planet of the Apes, oh, yeah. and I had a lot of bitching about that movie. You know, um, there's things that like things that sucked, <laughs> okay, yeah. but I thought that Blade Runner 2049 was going to start off like that. Okay, so let me set the scene. Mm-hmm. You have Kay, you have Ryan Gosling, and he's in this house to take out Sapper Morton, right? right? Mm-hmm. And I thought he was human, okay? Mm-hmm. And Kay, Kay. Yeah. And he's sitting in this chair all mm-hmm. nonchalantly, and he knows that he's there to take out Sapper Morton, who's a replicant, mm-hmm. right? And he puts his gun to the side, and automatically, man, my critical mind's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right. Why is your gun all the way over the side? Why are you fucking playing around with your camera? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that you're going to take a picture of his eye to see if he's a replicant, you know? Yeah. It's like, you need to be ready. 
you know, mm-hmm. for whatever goes down and mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, Dave Batista, which I love Dave Batista mm-hmm. in this small role. Mm-hmm. He picks up Ryan Gosling, he slams, slams him through a wall. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. You didn't see that coming? As a viewer, I see that coming. But then they let you know right off bat that he's a replicant as well. Ryan Gosling's K and that he's a newer replicant. So this whole time, he probably wasn't even threatened in the slightest bit of Dave Bautista's character, even though he was a big guy. Yeah, Yeah. he's probably also dealt with that before. I mean, this is probably a routine job for him, so he knows what to expect. And no matter what comes at him, he's ready to deal with it. Yeah, I think for any of the Blade Runners, you have to expect some... some, uh, resistance so i would assume most of them get into fist fights yeah. or gun uh-huh. fights you know but even after so, uh, dave batista sapper morton throws him through the wall and, yeah. and they're fighting for a second he gives him that power punch yeah that he just lays into him he lays into him <laughs> and so then i'm rethinking this scene and i'm like wow because I, I i stayed away from all spoilers so i didn't know um ryan gosling's character k was going to be a replicant mm-hmm. and, and i love that too i love how the first movie you're left guessing mm-hmm. about um the ambiguous ending is Deckard a replicant yeah. and I love that this one it's right out the gate no yeah. mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling's K he's a replicant yeah. he's a skin job mm-hmm. and everyone else well there's also him. I think in that same scene that, that is it that scene he gets stabbed or yeah yeah and he just kind of brushes it off so that kind of gives you a clue like mm-hmm. it's either adrenaline or he's yeah. a replicant he's mm-hmm. like oh whatever but it, that's when Sapper Morton says you know yeah. like you're just retiring your own kind. What does that feel like? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I thought that was a great setup to this universe, not yeah. only um, thematically and cinematically. Just <laughs> everything I thought was perfect about the opening, bringing you into Blade Runner twenty forty nine. You guys mm-hmm. agree? Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So let's uh, start with Deckard. I don't want to tiptoe around the replicant thing the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Ridley Scott says yes. Harrison Ford says no about Deckard being a replicant, and fans have argued about it for three decades. <laughs> Does Blade Runner 2049 answer the age-old debate? Is uh, Deckard a replicant? Not definitively. <laughs> yeah. no, I was say, I'm going to piss you off and say I still don't know. Okay. I still think, I know mm-hmm. you're getting into yours, uh-huh. I still feel like it's a little ambiguous. Uh-huh. There's a lot of tips, there's a lot of nods that he might be, but there's just still nothing definitive for me. That he is, mm-hmm. and we, me and Matt, were talking about it on the way over here. Like, it's just, it's still up in the air for me. There's, there's just still a lot of questions. So, yeah. and we'll get into some of that too. I think when we get more into the plot of this one. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why I wanted to bring up Deckard that, real quick. Yeah, because I think he is. Um, I used to hate that idea. Uh, growing up, yeah. I don't know why. I just wanted him to be human. Yeah, yeah. but, but it's now, interesting now because you love the fact that K is a replicant. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, and uh, I think. I could go either way still, but I do think he is a replicant. I think he's probably a, a an advanced replicant in 1982, yeah. kind of like Rachel. Yeah. That's, yeah. What I'm, that's where I'm going right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that this movie pretty much answers it for me pretty crystal clear. Um, you think so? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. Um, obviously, it's still open-ended. They don't, they don't answer it within the movie, which I think was yeah. smart. Yes. But uh, visually, I think they answer it pretty clearly. I mean, you look back at uh, Blade Runner 82, my final cut, that I, the, the one that I, um, I prefer, mm-hmm. has the unicorn dream, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty in your face. You know, you have Ridley Scott, the producer and the director of, of, of Blade Runner 1. He says that he is. He's the producer of this one. Mm-hmm. You know. go, going back to the unicorn dream, what is the? how does that tip off that he's a replicant? Well, because he has that unicorn dream, right? And then um, at the end, that's when Gaff comes in and puts down the unicorn. Yeah. Um, but then origami. what's Gaff? 
Is he a replicant too? Could be. Well, now you've opened up well, another can of worms. Is he? <laughs> how does he know? Yeah, like, yeah. it's still kind of ambiguous. Like, how does he know? Does yeah. he just like making fucking origami animals and he happened to do a unicorn? Or is he a replicant too? I know, so it's or, ambiguous. Yeah, or maybe Gaff is also involved in the, the supposed plot to get Deckard and Rachel together. You well, know? that's yeah. true of yeah. too, because so, he, he makes an appearance in this one as well. So yes. going with what Ridley Scott... He yeah. want, he wants Decker to be a replicant. Mm-hmm. He's the producer of this film. Mm-hmm. You have True. the unicorn dream sequence, okay? Yeah. And you also have bringing up Gaff mm-hmm. in this movie. We get a, a brief cameo, which I don't know mm-hmm. why Gaff wasn't speaking city speak, which was kind of weird to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you see Gaff, and what does he say? He says that um, um, Deckard is retired, mm-hmm. which which is, is the yeah yeah I heard yeah. that too. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's it's a word. It's a euphemism for killing a replicant, exactly. You know, and then the did he mean that or did he mean He's just retired mm-hmm. from right. his fucking work. I, know. Like, so, I don't know. It's, so it's fun. It's mm-hmm. fun. But the one that really sealed the deal for me was Vegas. When you go to Vegas, uh, the place is clearly, uh, you know, high in radiation, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And the only people that don't have uh, face masks on or breathers are the replicants. Mm-hmm. You know, even the people that come, the bodyguards of love mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the henchmen, mm-hmm. they have breathers on. Mm-hmm. And I can't see any human living out in Vegas. He's been mm-hmm. there for a while. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. tell he's... He's, he's lived there for a little bit. So I, I can't see that uh, anyone living question. out there. How long has he been living there? Was the radiation there when him and Rachel got there? Was, yeah. Because, and that's another thing you said. Yeah. It's like he said that they were on the run and that they fled. Well, does that mean he's a replicant too? Or that he just fled with Rachel because she was being chased? Yeah. Right. And we don't see him outdoors all that much. Like I was talking to my brother earlier. I mean, and when the when Love and her henchmen show up, it's pretty soon after that that they shuttle him into their spinner car and take off with him. Yeah. Oh. So has he been like sequestered indoors this whole time, and that's why he's been able to survive yeah. some radiation? Yeah. I can't imagine though those it, Vegas windows keeping you from the radiation that's yeah, outside. I don't know. Maybe. And you, you know, know he's out there scouting. You mm-hmm. know, um, I bought the concept art book, and it shows um, different versions of Decker. What he would look like. One has a huge mm-hmm. beard, and you can oh. tell he's been a scavenger. Yeah. So I, you know, I. I I think uh, it's a no-brainer to assume yeah. that he's out there. He's probably he's got enough in the hotel, obviously, in the yeah. casino, you know, to 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 get by. But I, I don't see anybody living out in Vegas without having some sort of radi- radiation poisoning. Yeah, and so that was that's a clear indicator to me um, mm-hmm. with what Gaff says, the unicorn dream sequence, and then what. Um, but see, that's kind of what I love. It's, I still feel like it's, it's still, so it's still fun to have that dialogue about, yeah. is he, is he not? So I, I think know. he's that advanced model, you know, like Maybe. Rachel. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I have no idea. They leave it ambiguous. And then Wallace even, you know, asks him later, He's or he tells him, he's like, uh, were you designed to go after Rachel? Was it yeah. mathematical? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what really happened? And mm-hmm. so I'm glad that for fans, because 35 years, I don't need an answer. Mm-hmm. I think they clearly give it to us, but... It can still be argued, mm-hmm. which is the conversation I like having. Sure. I like that being a right, part of yeah. that conversation still. Um, what do you think? Um, I'm leaning towards the fact that he might. I mean, the one thing, the other thing I was thinking uh, was that if he is a human, how would he reproduce with a replicant? If indeed he did, you know, have sex with Rachel and bear, yeah. her, and she bore his child. Um, what are the mechanics of human replicant reproduction or just plain old replicant replicant reproduction? Yeah. If we're led to believe that that story is even true. Yeah, exactly. And that's interesting, too. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like, we don't... There's just still so much backstory we don't know. And you touched on it. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. How how does he father mm-hmm. children if he did? Right. So, but I, I tend to... I don't know. I don't know that I really sway either way. I think I, I can see your side of it, where there's a lot of nods that he is a replicant, but then there's just still so many questions about his past and motivations yeah. and whatnot that, well, maybe he's not, but but I can't definitively say he is. So Another problem is that we don't know how Rachel died. Did she die of natural causes because of her lifespan? Yeah. Or, and then, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then, like, what's his lifespan? Yeah. Was, was he exactly. a new replicant that had... An open-ended lifespan. Yeah. Was, you know, yeah, and like mm-hmm. you said, was he designed to be with Rachel, or is that just him mm-hmm. saying, well, they designed Rachel knowing that he would fall for her, you know, or expecting him to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that and know. that is the hook of this story, yeah. Yeah. you know. So do you do you think that it's a it's a better story if Tyrell figured out how to create life between a human and a replicant, or to create life between two replicants? What? What do you prefer? This is because this oh. is the new Deckard right here. Yeah. You know, this is the new Deckard question. Yeah, I would say I prefer just between replicants because, um, I mean, it makes more sense that way that the revolting the or the replicants that plan to revolt want to rally around this child because it represents hope for them yeah. that they can yeah. also potentially produce children and he's a, he's, it would a be a replica well, and like what she said right. at the end he's like she, she almost kind of implies that they're now more human than human yeah right that's what she said at the end mm-hmm. it's yeah i think i would prefer the replicant replicant <laughs> uh um procreation oh. um it's it's a little bit more palatable i think than human replicant yeah you know uh Sex. Well, how does that make you but think it, about the original movie, though? Because then you know, remember that four sex scene in Blade Runner that everyone's kind of like, oh, that's kind of kind of sick. Yeah, you know, um, both of them kind of fell for each other, and maybe he was designed to go and, and do the test yeah. on her. I, I don't know. It seems like maybe I don't know. I don't think that hurts Blade Runner. You know, I think it uh, could potentially help that that love. So that would be two replicants. Yeah, if it was two replicants. Right. Yeah, and but that becomes. Almost a whole other plot line, a more sinister one. Yeah, well, then now do the machines <laughs> start taking over? Is this like Terminator? Yeah, now right. the machines are able to reproduce on their own, mm-hmm. and they're gonna. Is it their motivation to wipe out humans or coexist? Or but now they can. If that's the case, if they can reproduce on their own, yeah. where does it go from there? But then that makes um, Rachel kind of like Mary biblically, if yeah. if Deckard's mm-hmm. a human. Because we know that sex yeah. with replicants is a thing, yeah. right? right. Uh, you look at it is uh, now. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> but you have the replicant brothels mm-hmm. in yeah. this, unless those were right. holograms. I couldn't tell. No, um, they were they were real. <laughs> were they real? I think the only holograms are the um, just the mass-produced versions of Joy. I uh-huh. think that's the main hologram that we know of. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk about that because I'm a little bit foggy on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we know that uh, replicant sex life is is, <laughs> is, is a thing. It's right. pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, yeah, what you, with the, what you guys talked about here was um, that that hook of the story. Um, this uh, this kid that Rachel and Deckard have is that a story that needed to be told? Was Blade Runner twenty forty nine worth the wait for that story? It's not a story that I was expecting. I was. It was interesting just that they even came up with that because um, 
I mean, it, it, it. I would say it definitely sets it apart from other stories like that. I mean, because it wasn't a plot point in anything else before that. Really, like Terminator, Battlestar Galactica, none of those artificial beings could reproduce, and that was the limitation. But then <coughs> once you open it up, that they can. It's. I mean, on the, on the one hand, it it kind of eliminates one of the um differences between humans and artificial humans but on the other hand it also allows them to create their own society yeah whereas before well well especially before when they had limited lifespans there was no way Mm -hmm. for them to create uh Mm -hmm. their own society since they knew they're gonna die and they they had they had no future so they basically had to live for themselves yeah they couldn't see beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, I, I didn't know anything going into it, so I didn't really know what to expect out of it, um, story-wise. But I thought it worked. I, I, I wasn't like pissed off that oh shit they're doing replicant babies or something yeah, like yeah. that. It, it worked for me, and I kind of like it's a high the potential concept of idea. Where it's it's hard sci-fi. It's hard yes. sci-fi. Yeah. So I, I like the potential of where it can go from here yeah. if it does. Um, because it's, it's, it doesn't seem, it doesn't come across like cliche or manufactured. It, it, it seems to fit the narrative and the, and the world of Blade Runner well. So, um, so yeah, it, it worked for me in that sense. I, um, I'm intrigued by. Intrigued. Yeah. And I think something that's really important about this is if I have a, if I have a problem with Blade Runner 1982, it was like this neo-noir mystery without a without a solid mystery like mm-hmm. he was he was de- he was doing some detective work but mm-hmm. not really he was he was doing a little bit it was more work. police procedural kind yeah. of bad guys mm-hmm. than you know a yeah. general mystery but overall a neo-noir without a mystery yeah. you right. know and this one here the engine of this movie mm-hmm. is a solid mystery at yeah. its core it's yeah. A, yeah it's a detective story it's a detective mm-hmm. story so you yeah. actually yeah. see the detective doing detective work mm-hmm. so i really liked that here mm-hmm. you know i thought that was important um but yeah I also like that uh, this sets up the potential war between two species as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think there's a lot of meat here to this story. And I think uh, probably the screenplay is one of my favorite parts of this movie for the most part. I think when we get into probably uh, the the end of the second act, I have a few issues. But for the most part, I like what they're giving us with the mystery, mm-hmm. the um, uh, the uh, the replicant child not knowing mm-hmm. who this this uh, this child was going to be. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, in the back of my head, again, it's one of those things where they pulled the carpet from out of my underneath my feet because mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh my god, are you really giving us a, a Blade Runner sequel thirty five years later and Ryan Gosling's K is going to be the mm-hmm. son? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's I, too- I have that here. It was a good twist. Yeah, it was a good twist twist because it was going to be too on the nose for me. That would have been too too Mm -hmm. on the nose. I would not have liked that. But, (laughs) again, with the ambiguousness, we were talking about this earlier too, maybe he is. Maybe he is because they have that whole switch. They have the twins of the boy and the girl. And he thinks the boy's dead, right? Yeah. Isn't that what it was? Right. But the the whole, all the data got deleted. So maybe then they thought the girl was dead, but she's apparently clearly alive so maybe he's still alive because yeah, he yeah. also has that dream of him hiding the horse right and the mystery which she is, knew about yeah and the mystery is why is that in his head yeah in the first place how yeah. did that get in his head yeah was it put there or is he actually 
her brother and she knows about it because mm. he has he asked her like is this what does he ask her like if it's true if it's if it happened yeah and the, there's also the question of is well then he later asks his boss um what are the ethics behind actually having real memories in um in replicants and yeah. I, I don't think she really she doesn't really give him a satisfied satisfying answer she never so really gave no. him an answer. she's like yeah. fuck off and go do your job so, and that really made him upset and it probably yeah it, it probably made matters much worse than they should have but been. it is it's one of those tough things where like are his dreams real are mm-hmm. they implanted mm-hmm. she knew about it yeah you yeah. know so was she there did they know so yeah. he could still be but i i do mm-hmm. like the fact though that they twisted it enough that it wasn't on the nose. He's Deckard's son. Like that. That yeah. would have been a real quick yeah. side question. Robin Wright Penn played the her, his boss, yes. right? The LAPD. Mm-hmm. Um, was she trying to fuck on him in that one scene? Because she's like, "What happens if I finish this?" Which it was a really weird scene. And he said Ooh. something, and she gets up and leaves, and she's like, "Report back to me in the morning" or something like that. Do you guys remember that remember. scene? I I don't remember seeing, but I have I've, I've seen reviews or articles saying that um she wants to get with him there's definitely sexual tension there yeah. i didn't really see it that much Ryan Gosling, right man. right <laughs> i didn't really see it but um I, I can't remember that scene specifically it does bring up interesting ethical questions and questions about of course who um what Lieutenant Joshi's motivations are for yeah. having a replicant as yeah. as a player. And, and then like as her whole police force replicants, like yeah. who, right. It's get, it's getting to the one of those points where like well, who's real, who's not. Like yeah. I don't and I know. Liked, I like that yeah. blurring the lines. Yeah. It is interesting. So um, but uh, what'd you guys think of Ryan Gosling's character, uh, Kay? I love his story where he's kinda like this uh the Pinocchio story where he just wants to be a real boy. You know, yeah. he wants to have a soul, you know? Yeah. Well, I love that story. And there, uh, there's kind of that scene with his lieutenant where I think he was asking her about the, the dream yeah, and about implanted memories and if they're real. And you you get a, almost a sense of humanity from him where he's like, he wants it to be real. Yeah. And then she kind of, I can't remember exactly what she says, but it, it it's almost like no, it's you're a fucking replicant. Get yeah. over it. And he's kind of like, and he's kind of yeah. You you've don't have done, a soul. You've done fine. You've done fine a soul. without a soul. And he can almost be like he's like, he seems disheartened by that a little bit. Yeah. Like, like he wanted to be, he wanted that memory to really be a memory. And I like how we had a problem killing something that had a soul. Yeah. You know, like he really felt disgusted by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think also he just wants to be special. I he's probably sees himself as, um. Maybe not disposable, but I got the sense that he doesn't consider himself to be special. And if he knew that he was this chosen one, this like messiah, that he would have a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the. I just love the idea about a manufactured being who wants a soul, and by going and and, and doing his detective work and, and throughout the story, he becomes human. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Pretty much through his actions of wanting to be human, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 so it's a, it's a beautiful sentiment, you yeah. know. I think he, with he was character. a really strong character. I think they did a really good job with building mm-hmm. his. Yeah, he just wanted to be born. He wanted line. to be special. He wanted mm-hmm. to have purpose. I think that's a, uh, something that all mm-hmm. of us can get behind. Well, and then know? that's where his relationship with Joy comes in, mm-hmm. is because she 
kept reinforcing that belief. She's like, I, I knew you're special. I know you're special. Wow. I know there's something about you. So, so let's let, let's continue yeah. that talk then, because that's a very interesting concept. Joy mm-hmm. and K. Yeah. Now, now, does everyone have joys in their in their living rooms if they can afford them? Then is that how that model looks? Um, I believe I, it looks pretty similar. Maybe uh, different hair you, colors? Well, yeah, because you see the, holo- the giant hologram, yeah. giant new hologram. Is, may- I'm pretty sure that's the same actress. Yes, but and, but is that specifically advertised for him? Yeah, that's cool because yeah, there is yeah, personal true. advertisement. Exactly. In this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. very so, interesting. Well, so I don't know. Well, I mean, we know it is possible because Wallace does tell him at one point, "Did you enjoy our product?" Well, you should. Is it his specific? A yeah, but is it specific? You're right. Is yeah. it his specific product or is it a mass-produced product? Yeah, yeah. I'm now, inclined now I'm to sure, believe it's a mass-produced. Now I'm sure humans uh, probably too. have some joys in their yeah. house as well, right? I would it's, think so. Yeah, it's yeah. not just something that uh, Wallace created for replicants, correct? That would no. That would. That would upset me if it did. As if, an if artificial like, companionship it, for a replicant. Yeah, yeah, that would that wouldn't work for me if it was like specifically for him or specifically just for replicants that that wouldn't feel as natural i think it's just a product Mm. and i would think it's kind of tailored to what his interests are Mm. like visually like what she looks like in which i love because there's even um i've read uh, some articles recently where they're working on getting something like that implemented into like walmart's and targets where you walk in and say Mm -hmm. you have a card in your wallet or Mm -hmm. you know maybe someday a chip you walk through walmart and instead of uh, sending you tons of, of, of newspaper clippings and coupons and stuff like that, right when you walk in, they print out a um, kind of like a coupon or mm-hmm. a, a booklet of mm-hmm. everything that you usually buy in the, like the last month or two. Yeah. You know, instead of just hey, you don't you don't need diapers, but hey, we have a sell on diapers yeah. today and, and baby food. Off. It's like fuck <laughs> off, yeah. But now it'll be printing off every single thing that yeah. you have bought in the last month to show you that there's mm-hmm. a sell. And mm-hmm. I like that personal advertisement that huge hologram i like the idea mm-hmm. that it might be like kind of uh just for him just for him yeah mm-hmm. but yeah. i don't know why it, she would have purple hair and, and stuff like that i mean because yeah, his joy exactly. didn't yeah so it, it's very interesting though but what did you guys think of their relationship just real quick i do love that scene where he's he's going through his apartment and you know you can tell everyone hates skin jobs you know mm-hmm. skinners and it's right. on his door and he walks in mm-hmm. and it's like very 1950s in there. He's yeah. listening to classical music, you know, mm-hmm. and he sits in that that chair and he has that window. It's very isolated. And then you have that hologram, you mm-hmm. know. So I love all that. But what did you guys think of that relationship? Well, I like how it built. I'm um, when when you first see Joy, you think, well, I mean, my first impression was that it was just like a holographic advanced iHome, like where where it can it can cook, it can put on music, it can. Yeah, simple maybe a service robot. Yeah, kind of. service robot, right. Simple household stuff. But then, of course, as the story progresses and you learn who Joy is to Kay and vice versa, you begin to realize that there is a real relationship there. And I did feel the actress, uh, Anna Darmus, showed that through the variety of emotions that she displays. Joy, fear, sadness. Yeah. Um concern that it wasn't just a robot it was an advanced enough ai that it could simulate a human relationship and therefore she aimed to provide that for him yeah and he wanted to believe that she could be 
a real companion for him. Yeah, because I'm, I'm very curious if replicants are getting with replicants, mm, yeah. you know, in this universe. But it, it's mm. a nice companionship piece for him, especially. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm a huge fan of the movie Her. Have you guys watched that? Yes. It's one of my favorite sci-fi films of the last 10 years. Mm. I think it's great. And uh, there's uh, that whole movie is about jo- Joaquin Phoenix's character, and he falls in love with his operating system, mm-hmm. you know, named Samantha, yeah. who's uh, voiced by um, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And uh, there's a scene in that movie where Samantha suggests using a sex surrogate, you mm-hmm. know, so he can she can actually um, be physical and intimate with Joaquin Phoenix's character. Yeah. And I love that in her. Mm-hmm. And I, I do like it here, so mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to take mm-hmm. any points away from it in Blade Runner, but yeah. I wish... Because this is big sci-fi, man. This is Blade. Mm-hmm. This is the Blade Runner sequel. Mm-hmm. I almost wish that I would have seen it first here, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's it's a, it's a big deal in this movie. I mean, um, I think honestly, if you have when you talk about editing and this movie's three hours long, I think mm-hmm. it could probably be trimmed down a little bit their relationship. Um, mm-hmm. See what you guys think, but um, for the most part, it didn't feel fresh to me because I've seen it before. I liked it just because by that point, I had no, I begun to understand who Joy was, and I could feel that she really wanted this for them um, because you understand how much she loves um, she loves Kay and wants to do anything she can to get close to him and she feels that it would be really beneficial to their relationship um, but beyond that visually there were some points where the, when the hologram didn't line up with the human, it looked a little wonky. But when they did, did it looked it looked really cool, yeah. and there was something hauntingly beautiful about it. Did you think so about you, her at all though when you were watching? No, that? I, it, it never it, got it to didn't you. Even, um, really occur to me at all. No. It might be just because I mean that was my number two film mm-hmm. of that year, probably along yeah. with Ryan. So yeah. I mean I, that's it's a movie fun. that I watched quite a bit. So it stuck out to me, mm-hmm. and I was like, I really just wish it didn't hit mm-hmm. so close to home. I wish it was a little bit more fresh for me going around in this movie. There's yeah, just not that. really another way to do that. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about it, I don't remember her specifically, but Potentially in this one, um, it's her. It's the AI, if you will, that, that initiates that. He didn't ask for it necessarily. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, "Hey, you want to hop into a body so I can do you?" Yeah, yeah. Like she's the one initiating to, to mm-hmm. progress their relationship. Mm-hmm. Into, and well, that's what Samantha so that's, suggests yeah. in her. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting yeah. that it's that it's the you know the AI or the operating system that's the one that's well and that's and that's what I'm saying that's why it was it was really too on the nose for me because Samantha in her does that same thing she's the one who suggests they get the sexual surrogate you know so she can you know uh, physically be with uh, Joaquin Phoenix I like though how it it the visuals were mixed a little bit where it it lined up sometimes and it didn't because then it, it it just reminded you that there's two entities kind of here. Like yeah. he's not just with her; he's with yeah. this hooker well, or whatever. Well, the other difference is that uh, Joy was aware that um, Kay had already met Mariette previously, and she even says, "Yeah, I oh, it's something to the effect of, I thought that she, she would be she good for you, her, yeah, right? because you seem to something to the fact that you seem to like her." How does she know that? Yeah. I'm not she's sure. She's just like that. a little stick in his pocket or something, right? Yeah. Like, is she like? Omnipresent and just Possibly. knows everything that happens. Well, if she that's works like an operation, uh, like yeah. an operating system, mm-hmm. um, then it could be, be believable that she's in multiple places at once. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't that's know. True. But she, if she's the internet, per yeah. se, if she's if she's <laughs> if she's inside the the net, then because mm-hmm. that's how that's where she is when she, when he goes and gets the the emulator. Right, she's she's pretty much in the 
in the Matrix, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah, but that's it's it's interesting. But uh, I do like how he did bring out the emulator and he was able to take her um, with him mm-hmm. on on his journey. You right. know, so they did do some new things with mm-hmm. the emulator and things like that. So yeah. um, I did like it. Um, I think it could have been trimmed down a little bit. I think that yeah. if there's anything in this movie that could have been trimmed down. Um, I don't know where exactly, but probably there. What do you guys think? Because this movie's three hours long. Yeah. Did it need to be? Yeah. I mean, I liked Joy's story and her relationship with Kay, so I didn't mind it too much. I mean, if anything, I would have liked to see more of that just because of how much I liked it. But I can see where what you're saying, because it is a side story. It's not linked to the rest of the plot. I mean, you have Wallace's pursuit of... Of well, pursuit of the child, and ex- by extension of Deckard, and you have Kay's pursuit of the child, but Joy doesn't connect to that whatsoever. So that is probably the the outlier among those various plots. It's it's just tough to know where to trim. Yeah, thinking back, I'd have to watch it again. But you could cut from that relationship. But like you said, I I kind of enjoyed the progression of that relationship. Yeah. I liked seeing it evolve so i don't know where i would cut it um yeah i don't well that was weird that was weird too because in in her samantha was an operating system and she was in multiple houses at once Mm. you know not just joaquin phoenix's Mm -hmm. she had a relationship with many users Mm -hmm. and so i was wondering if this whole time him spilling spilling the beans about the horse Mm -hmm. and uh, all this information Mm -hmm. i was wondering if that ever went to anybody else in the sea of information or that, if it was that only never contained to, to me. Joy. It, it no. always appeared to me that she was specific to him. Okay. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it, it felt that way that that she was solely with him. Yeah. Monogamous, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's let's move on. But um, let's get into uh, some of the cast here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all agree Ryan Gosling was amazing. He was yeah, great, right? Yeah. You know what? Something that's interesting too is I'm glad that he was a replicant. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, telling Video Land to Ryan Smith. Uh, I couldn't wait for him to watch this because we. Uh, that dude's a dick. <laughs> that dude's a dick. <laughs> we uh, when we watched the movie Drive, Nicholas Reining reference Drive. We're both big fans of that movie, and. Uh, we love Ryan Gosling's performance in that movie because he comes up. I remember Ryan and I talking about him being a fucking Terminator in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like he must be from another planet. Yeah. There's something other, like uh, otherworldly, about Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. and I think it's uh, this is a perfect role for him because he's not Terminator esque, but he does come off very cold, very calculated. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been saying that since Drive, so it's really cool that he gets a chance to play. Something that's not human, mm-hmm, and I yeah. thought he was a perfect fit for this movie. You guys have any comments on that? Well, I mean, I think everybody that played a replicant or some sort of android did a really good job. Oh yeah, because it, it is a tough balance that you have to be human enough, you know, to be believable, but there has to be some sort of essence of you that you can kind of tell that there's something off. That's uh-huh. got to be tough to play because I think he did fantastic. I think. Uh, what's her face? Anna Darmus. Mm-hmm. She was really yeah. strong as well in that role. And then um, Sylvia Hoxes. Oh yes, my love. gosh, that was she a was scene, that was scene stealing right she there. Was. She was. She was yeah. amazing. She's, that, yeah. That's the kind of role though that can get um, cliche and overdone. Yeah, but she, she she was really strong in it. I think it she gave Roy off. Batty a run for for his money in Blade Runner nineteen eighty two. Yeah, she was she was a strong villain. She was a really mm-hmm. strong villain. And there's so. something interesting about um, man. I love when Wallace cuts the abdomen of the other mm-hmm. replicant, and she starts crying. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
love does. Mm. And then towards the end, or actually I'd say probably middle second act, when she takes um, uh, the LAPD boss and she crushes the glass in her hand, she's crying there too. So the emotions must be getting to her. Is that what that is? Potentially. Because I one thing I will say, I don't completely understand replicants in this movie because um, did you guys watch the shorts at all? I thought the shorts were amazing. If you guys I, I watched a couple of them. Okay, there's three of them total. Yeah. You had the one with Wallace mm-hmm. um, showing that his replicants will do anything. You can trust yeah, replicants now. Yeah. It, like kill yourself, a replicant cuts mm-hmm. its own throat and fucking mm-hmm. dies. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, look, we're good now. We, yeah. They they do what the fuck they're told, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you have the one with Dave Batista and he's running around LA and he's protecting a little girl. And then the third one's the anime, which mm-hmm. is fucking beautiful mm-hmm. when the EMP goes off and you see the spinners drop out of the sky it is mm-hmm. one of the coolest things yeah. but anyway I actually think it's more beneficial to watch them after okay. you've seen Blade Runner it just makes more sense because the Dave Bautista and the uh, the Jared Leto Wallace didn't I mean yeah it made sense I guess but yeah. it makes more sense after watching Blade Runner 2049 yeah. but um, anyway the uh, the replicants are supposed to do what they're told mm-hmm. right and they're not supposed to lie is that yeah. right yeah, but it, I think so but it seems like they're doing a lot of bullshit in this well, regarding uh, Sylvia Hoax's uh, character love, I did feel that she had her own distinct personality and she seemed to have, if not her own motivations because she was following Wallace's orders, then her definitely her way of doing things or definitely her strong opinions about things. She wasn't just an extension of Wallace. Well, she was yeah. her own being. I like that. Um, well, they're supposed to do what they're told, right? And I, th- right. I, I don't think they're supposed to lie. I could be compl- and that might be something I'm reading into. I mm. thought that was the case, but when yeah. she goes in and crushes that glass, she's like, "I'm yeah. gonna kill you," mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell you know Wallace that uh, you tried to kill me, so that's why I killed you. You oh, know, so, yeah, so yeah. I don't know. There's just a lot of lying or a lot of bullshitting going yeah. on that I'm like, mm-hmm. are they not doing what they're told now? Because then Ryan Gosling comes and tells his boss, "Like, hey, I found the kid." And you know that oh, that was an true. order. Yeah, he lied he, he straight up lied. I mean, he mm-hmm. he did. I guess if you want to, he just did him haul around it. He just yeah, didn't give all the information. So are right. these replicants, you know, yeah. starting to change? So did did Wallace did not he? have the, the the problem corrected within the replicants? Because that was the That's whole problem question. with that was the whole problem with Blade Runner nineteen eighty two. You had this yeah. huge rebellion yeah. um, of replicants, the slaves not doing what they were told to do, and uh, yeah. kind of overturned some things. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure isn't like Frasia or whatever her name is. Isn't she a replicant as well? And she's the one who's plotting to get people together to support fight to protecting the child yeah. and yeah. starting a rebellion against. The humans. She might be an older replicant, though. I'd imagine she's probably Possibly. like a Nexus Six Seven. Yeah, but she still has her own motivations, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, it's tricky. That's tricky because, mm-hmm. um, like you said, love. Even though she's following orders, in a sense, she she seems very autonomous. Like she yeah. she mm-hmm. does what she wants to do, how she wants to do it. Yeah. So um, yeah, so it's just tough to know. Yeah, but her performance. It was great. Was great. Uh, you already yeah. brought up Anna Diarmas. I thought mm-hmm. she was she was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin Wright Penn, or actually, I guess we can't say Robin that Wright. now. Robin <laughs> Wright. Yeah. Robin yes. Wright. Sorry, Miss mm-hmm. Wright. <laughs> but uh, as Lieutenant Joshi, I thought she uh, she was great too. And I don't know if you guys read the article. We again we talked about this briefly last night, Marshall. But mm-hmm. there was um, I didn't even read. It. I think it was clickbait. But there was someone saying that this movie did so poorly at the box office because there was not strong female roles. I didn't even click that shit because this, I thought Robin Wright was amazing, Anna DeArmas was amazing, uh, Sylvia Hoax was standout. Yeah. Well, and like you were saying, we talked about this briefly on the way here too, it, just, it came up. 
and and you were saying, well, you know, she's just a henchman, blah blah blah. I'm like, well, then what if they made her a guy? Yeah. Then you're gonna bitch that she wasn't a, that it was just another guy. Yeah. And there's no women. Like she's a strong woman. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's a henchman for a guy, but like we've just talked about, she's clearly has her own motivations. It seems like she's very mm-hmm. strong willed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very integral part of the movie. Too. She's mm-hmm. huge. I mean, she. Yeah. Wallace doesn't do anything. He yeah. sits around and we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that twice. He's, the he's once a, at the beginning and once towards the end. Thank so. God he's a waste for of that. Praise. Let's just talk yeah. about him since yeah. we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jared Leto. I'm done with Jared done. Leto, man. Um, yeah. I because I think Wallace is a very interesting character. I mean, he's a he's a Bill Gates. He's a um, Stephen Hawking. He's yeah. all these these awesome people all rolled into one yeah, but he's played like a dude but he's played like a douche man every time <laughs> like, he opened his mouth that, that's all the notes i had for jared leto is just too much well like i had my notes is also the character was much more interesting than the performance and i was also wondering if maybe part of the reason i feel that way is that almost everyone feels that way about jared leto right now just and I haven't seen his performance as the Joker, but that seems to be where it started oh, it in did. terms of criticism. And it's going to continue here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but yeah. It, yeah. I, for this character, I I was thinking about this. The um, oh, what I'm blanking on um, Tyrell uh-huh. from the first one. Like he's they're different, but for Tyrell, like he he comes across creepy, but he's also kind of smart uh-huh. and um. But this guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Neander, Neander Wallace. 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 Neander. Neander. <laughs> he just, uh, he's just played so, you know, I can't really describe it. It's douchey. just douchey. It's just, <laughs> it, it, it just is too much. It's too, it's too characterized. I don't know. Yeah. It's too dramatic. It's, it, I want him to be, I would have liked to have seen him as more of like a cunning, smart sinister kind of guy and instead he came off as this like blind super wise but yeah it, it just didn't work i didn't no. give a shit about half the stuff he was saying mm. but just by the way he was delivering it mm. so i think that was the problem i just yeah. didn't like the delivery of his lines i didn't mm. care for his attitude I just I wanted a better villain. There's, like, there's, as, as, as he's your main yeah. villain, and mm. I wanted more. I agree him. with everything you said, but I also think that we could have a very rich character on our hands. He's so angry and envious that the secrets of like pro, procre, mm. procreation mm. hasn't been given to him. Mm. How cool would it be if the reason that he wants this and he can't have it? Is because I mean he gives his he gives his answer because mm-hmm. if if children can count on ten, nine, ten fingers you know then we should be on you know we should own the world you know and he he needs all these slaves mm-hmm. to get to where he's going but how cool would it be if Neander Wallace is a replicant? Yeah, I mean he he's survives he robotic yeah, we don't <laughs> he does yeah I think what? that could help his character a little bit. He acts robotic enough and like not yeah. very human. Yeah. Um, and How cool would it be to have an android mm-hmm. come to the surface, or not, and a replicate, you know, overtake, um, and then pretty much buy humans out? Yeah, you know, yeah, I think yeah, that'd yeah. be a very interesting. But that means, uh, side that means Leto has to play it in the sequel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just don't know if I want to see I that. Know. I hear you. Uh, but it's intriguing. Yeah, there just wasn't. I wanted more from that character. Like I, you don't like you said, you get two scenes of them really. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that much about him. Yeah, and when you're I, that powerful and you yeah. have that much money, mm-hmm. I mean, because he brought us out of famine. 
you know, if yeah, you watch yeah. the, like, the shorts and stuff, you know, um, in, in his uh, character's history. But he brought us out of famine, uh, brought the replicants back. It, does it matter at this point if you're an android when you're that rich and powerful, a replicant? I think it could be interesting. I think it would be, be worth exploring. Yeah, yeah. We'll but, see. We'll see where they go with it. But you have the same this... opinion then? Uh, yeah. I mean, the idea of Wallace... It's probably more interesting than the, then, uh, the actualization exactly. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to have somebody kind of take that mantle from Tyrell right. and advance replicants, but mm-hmm. the way he was portrayed, it didn't really. Yeah, and Ty- Tyrell, um, I haven't really thought this throughout. You know, I haven't really thought this out, but Tyrell, why didn't he just lab up? two replicants, you know, that could have a baby. Why didn't he just, la- like, I don't know. Why, why did he have Maybe. to go through all the trouble if Harrison Ford and Rachel, or uh, Deckard and Rachel are replicants? Yeah. Why did he go with all, why did he go the long route to program them to find each other and then, yeah. and then love each other and then have right. sex and procreate? I, I, that makes sense. Maybe seems- he's not a replicant. Exactly, that, because that, does that seem like a flaw with does. Tyrell's like, plan when you can... When you say it like that, yeah, I guess... You can I whip guess, that up in a lab yeah, just somewhere do it, just and just do him, it? Just have them do it. Why are you, why are you going through this? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I think of is that we do we do know that Tyrell is a guy who likes to play games. Yeah, because true. Because he really yeah. likes to use playing that long, very long chess, chess game, game with... Um, I forget what his... Yeah. The guy's name is now, but yeah. The uh, Andrew Maker, Maker who. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I even but, love when he was playing Batty, and he's like, he's like, I know this is not who I've been playing with, you know, yeah. just mm-hmm. with, this is one of my replicants. Yeah. You know, and maybe cool. I mean, he, but I think, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like his character is a little bit more developed, mm-hmm. so I think I could see him putting it out there and saying, "Can I get these two replicants to mate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I just kind of program them right or give them the right." motivations we'll see yeah, if it can right. happen like i want to yeah. see if i, I want to see if that can happen i guess if you're own. whipping that up in a lab too you have a lot of uh, data there that could be used against you yeah. later so mm-hmm. it's off the charts yeah, and true. you can see what happens so you i kind of wipe it's, your it's, hands up and be like i didn't know this was going to happen yeah yeah but, and he likes to play games like you said so mm-hmm. it, that's interesting so it's not yeah. a flaw for me because yeah. there's a lot of potential in that story or there's a lot of conversation to be had about it so yeah, right. Um, but uh, I, I do want to give some praise real quick to Dave Batista, uh, Sapper Morton. I thought he was great for just a little bit of screen time. He's becoming one of my favorite, just you know, um, supporting actors that not not like mm-hmm. awesome actors, but just fun. Like mm-hmm. I, you know yeah. what? He's hey, good. For, he's great for that role. Yeah, he was great for fun. that role. I'm not gonna take anything. I'm away just from getting him. old, and he mumbled a lot, and I was like, "What the fuck did you?" Yeah, say I'm it? not gonna take anything away <laughs> from him. I uh, I thought he did a fantastic job in this, and I love him in Guardians. I think uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, man, he is mm-hmm. so funny. He's naturally comedic. Yeah, he's you know. Um, but uh, I, I'm glad that Dave Batista was in this I, I was wondering how much screen time he was going to have he didn't have much but i think he left an impression mm-hmm. when yeah. he was there he portrayed a definitely developed character you knew who he was you knew what his motivations were um you knew just how hard he was willing to fight for his farm and also to protect and his survival yeah mm-hmm. for himself and also to protect the um bones buried beneath the tree mm-hmm. so. yeah. Uh, yeah i guess I mean, he must have been in on the secret then he yeah, knew he, about he, think he had to have been. so yeah, mm-hmm. so he was yeah. doing whatever he could to protect that. Yeah. Right. There was one actor I didn't care for in this, and he was supporting, but he, uh, it's Lenny James. He was uh, Mr. Cotton. He was the, the the guy running the factory with the kids. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I just it's because uh, I watch Walking Dead. You guys watch Walking Dead at all? No. Okay. Do you guys I mean, like the guy him? Looked in? kind of familiar. Maybe it's because maybe I watch Walking I, Dead. Yeah, and I, I fucking was, hate him in oh, Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I thought he was all right. I thought he was fine. He okay. wasn't like outstanding. He's the guy in Walking Dead. He has a staff and he won't kill anybody because he's he's killed people before and mm-hmm. there has to be a better way. And mm-hmm. he's he's the he's the he's the he's the uh, Neander Wallace. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything he says is just mm-hmm. fucking bullshit. And you're like fucking yeah. kill somebody. You're in the goddamn apocalypse. Yeah. I mean that was more of a functional role than an integral role anyway. So. It was yeah. it was fine. Maybe that it was, was just good. annoying to me because he's, I he's annoying to me in Walking Dead. That's that probably the case. case yes. But in this, he just he kind of just advanced the plot, you know, which was fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, some somebody I want to um, give some love to. I don't have his name in front of me, but the file clerk guy in Blade Runner, where he, uh, Ryan Gosling's uh, K goes and he he gives him the, uh, the the chip or whatever, and he goes mm. and stores it. He's bald. Mm-hmm. And he was like, ever since the blackout, you know, all our data was erased. And he's like, my mother used to have baby pictures of me. And Ryan Mm -hmm. Gosling's character was like, I'm sure those were... Really, oh, that guy! Really yes. beautiful baby pictures. He was funny. Yeah, no, there's something there's creepy about of, him. Very Blade yeah. Runner-ish to yeah. me. I just like seeing him in that. that mm-hmm. I th- I just there was a little him. bit of a comic relief there for a second, though, too, mm-hmm. which is kind of a nice. Yeah. Play Anybody on. else that you guys want to talk about cast? Uh, uh, me, no, like, there wasn't. There wasn't a huge cast. So. Well, I mean, except for the surprise reveal at the end. Sean Young. Oh yeah, let's talk oh, about yeah. that. That was. Um, I was talking to you, Marshall, about yeah. that on the phone last night. Um, I'm not a fan usually of uh, you know recreating you know CGI humans. Mm. Just not a fan. Um, I was taken out of Rogue One, and mm. when when they did that to Tarkin, mm-hmm. um, but I actually thought you know Guardians of the Galaxy, young Kurt Russell looked amazing. Mm-hmm. I think this might be the best it's done, man. I, I, I was blown away. Did find out that Kurt Russell away. was primarily makeup? Yeah, there's a lot of makeup that makeup. went involved with uh, Kurt Russell's mm-hmm. character. Do we know how this one was I have made? no she... idea how this is done. I know there was a body double, but I don't know to what extent it was used yeah. or, or how that was shot. So it was, She looked fantastic. It, looked really it was amazing. Because Well, no, because I know Sean Young was on set mm-hmm. just to check out the set, mm-hmm. but, but that's it. So I don't think mm-hmm. there was even a, you know if there's a body double it wasn't Sean mm-hmm. Young but I yeah, thought I was yeah. so impressed I was I've watched it twice yeah. mm-hmm. and the whole time I'm like how the yeah. we are there we are I, so I goddamn saw two close little kind of glimmers where mm-hmm. I'm like okay I can tell that it's CG mm-hmm. yeah but it's so small. See, now that me, you say that, I can't wait to watch it again for a third time because very, I didn't see it. I, I had it. to look for it. Like I had mm. to really look for like in like near her eyes and stuff. I saw just a little bit where I'm like, okay, I can see a little bit of movement there where it looks CG. But when she walks up, when she comes out of the shadows there, I mean, it yeah, it looked like she was just there. Yeah. It didn't. It was so, so it was just fantastic. And since we're on that scene right there, um, we will bridge into Harrison Ford. I thought Harrison Ford was great. Yeah, I thought I not only in that scene, but uh, in Vegas, for the most part, there's some mm-hmm. shit that doesn't make sense. We'll I'll bring up here in yeah, a little bit. Right. But um, I thought but that Harrison, doesn't have to do with his acting. Exactly, I thought Harrison Ford, he showed up. Yeah, yeah. I loved him, especially in the scene that you're talking about, yeah. where he, uh, yeah, he's talking to to Rachel, and then he all of a sudden he turns around and he goes, yeah, she had a uh, she, she had, had green eyes. eyes. Yeah. I that love was, that, that scene because awesome, yeah. you think for a second there that he's kind of buying it. That yeah, he's, that he's enamored by seeing yeah. her again. And he's just like, she had green eyes. Yeah, and that I mean, whole time that Neander's talking know. to him about being designed, was it mathematics mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. that grew your love for Rachel. Mm-hmm. That whole yeah. scene there, he's channeling all kinds of emotions. Mm-hmm. That I was really, I was really in that scene. Yeah. I don't think he'll win, but I do think that he deserves a supporting nod. Well, I don't think he'll win. Yeah, yeah. definitely me too, because you, you can definitely read the emotions on his face. His, his like, sadness over losing Rachel... 
his anger about it as well. Um, probably his anger about Kay coming back and trying to bring him back into the fold. Mm-hmm. Even more so than the original Blade Runner where he's, where he's angry at Gaff for trying to bring him back into being a Blade Runner. Now he's like... Because he's been through like so much hell since then yep. about being on the run with Rachel and um, hiding for so long that he just wants to be left alone with his with his holograms and his Frank and Sinatra his, and Elvis and, and his showgirls and all that. Realer, yeah, yeah. yeah. Realer, I, I love that though. Dog. I love that that dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, let's no, give us, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna say I, I I do think he was very strong. I'm glad they didn't ask him to do like <clears throat> fucking stunts and running and jumping and stuff. Yeah. Like he was just. A strong yeah. character, and he played that really well. Which which segues into oh, my scene. They yeah. did ask him to do some things that I don't think added up. Is so, that the fight scene you're talking The about? fight scene, man. Like, um, so you have Kay. He goes, let, let's start with all my problems. Mm-hmm. And, with, and they all start within Vegas. Mm-hmm. That's when it started to unravel for me a little bit. The whole time that Ryan Gosling shows up in Vegas till a few minutes after Vegas. There's a lot of shit right there. That does not make sense. One of those scenes is where Ryan Gosling, he he confronts him. He's like, I heard the piano, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, he tells him, hey, he's like, Deckard, I just have a few questions. And he even says, I'm not here to take you in. Mm-hmm. I just have some questions. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, what questions? And before Ryan Gosling can even ask, he blows him. He, <laughs> he, he takes a shot at him. Mm-hmm. And he falls over the balcony. I'm like... He just said he's not here to take you in. Right. He just had some Didn't he questions. Did he put his gun away too? Didn't I think Ryan so. Gosling, yeah. Like, put his gun he on was not even a threat. I'm like, yeah. isn't it worth just fucking listening out. to what he has to say? You're, you're still in control. Yeah. You have the gun. Yeah. yeah. That scene was just really weird. So after that, it goes, and I'll let you guys address this. See what you guys think. After that, he goes downstairs. Okay. And uh, something I love about Blade Runner One is the third act. There, it was a cat and mouse thing between. De- uh, Roy and Deckard. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to you know replicate that, right. but I think there's something else you could do in that casino instead of giving Harrison Ford his action time. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like it was natural to have a fist fight with this guy. It, yeah. Not even ask him any more questions. Just going in there and just you're gonna try to whip his ass yeah. now. So I I didn't care for that. And then after he does like let's go have a drink. Mm-hmm. Okay. So none of this is making sense to me. He has a <laughs> drink with him, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he answers his questions, and then he just fucking leaves. Harrison Ford's Decker gets up and just leaves. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where the fuck did he go? He's been gone so long that uh, Kay is, like, messing around with the Frank Sinatra globe. And then mm-hmm. he sits in a goddamn lawn chair <laughs> looking yeah. outside the, well, and then the window. Does Harrison Ford show back up until Love shows up? I think so. And then that's when so. he shows back up and, like, well, what the fuck were you doing? Yeah, what are you, doing, what, you go you, take a shit. Yeah, so I'm just gonna go down and watch some baseball. Yeah, I have no idea where he went. It's just a very just odd left. scene. And, I noticed that too. Yeah, and then right after that, you know that Kay's a replicant, and Love comes in, beats the shit out of him, mm-hmm. but she leaves him there to alive, mm. and then she just goes off. And then I don't know how the other people found him. Oh yeah! Went all up into the casino, nursed him back to health. So that whole oh, chunk well, there. she found him be- because the hooker took something out of her tooth and okay, put a tracking okay. device on. Okay, it. okay, mm-hmm. that that makes sense. Okay, yes. that makes sense. So because I cool. thought that too, and because when she did that, when she took it out and put it in his pocket, yeah, okay, like, that makes com- that makes complete mm-hmm. sense. But yeah. however, love should never have let him live. No, never. That's well, that's just your classic. 
you know, villain being in. I think this movie's too good for that because this yeah. movie's not like that. It's yeah. it's a smart thinking man's hard sci fi movie, and I yeah. think that you just you set yourself up. For it. So anyway, that whole chunk there just I had a lot of issues, and then it gets back and going again mm. after all that. I really didn't have any issues after that. So all my problems kind of stem though in this huge fifteen minute chunk. I'm like, well, what the some fuck time, is going on? There's some time where maybe you can cut it out a little bit. All right, maybe, so maybe their fight scene doesn't need to be quite as drawn out as it is. Uh-oh. I like the fight scene. Like I said, I'm glad he. He wasn't running and jumping and chasing over buildings and shit like that. So at least it was just a fist fight. It felt it like was, it was it, just it to was, give Harrison Ford his, it was. his action. I think it did. It did feel a little forced to to make them fight. But for me, so it worked cool okay. That. And I, I love the visuals of Yeah, the that. visuals yeah, I love were the amazing. visuals of the setup of the, with the concerts kind of going in and out yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And well, just, fuck, dude. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say also just his entire apartment has just looked great. Oh, I yeah. mean, there's yeah. his living room with the, the stocked this, bar, the pictures. Well, visually, This would be dude, a tough one in a versus yeah. to pick your favorite location. Yeah, mm. Visually, dude, it'd be LA. <laughs> but <laughs> visually, this movie is so outstanding. Yeah. It blows my mind. I'll let you get back to you know addressing some of those things, but visually, you know, watch, go watch the Justice League trailer. Go watch the Justice League trailer. If I want to puke, and then rewatch like the Blade Runner trailer, or go watch Blade Runner, and then yeah. you're like, what the fuck are they doing in Justice League with all their goddamn money? Because I guarantee you, it has more of a budget than Blade Runner, and Blade oh, Runner yeah. every scene looks perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, do you have a problem with them shooting him over the uh, the railing? Yeah. Well, I like. That felt weird to me too. Yeah, where he's, he's like, okay, what does he say? Is he like, okay, ask your question. Yeah, ask your question. Then he just fucking shoots him. Yeah, You're like, well, that was kind of weird. He's like, I have, I have a couple questions. Okay. What, what questions? questions. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. Mm. Um, and there, like, there was some weird kind of pacing there. And again, oh. I, I felt the same way you did when he leaves. I'm like, well, <laughs> well where did he go? Because then you kind of flash forward to Gosling sitting there listening to Sinatra. Sitting and in a like, chair. Well, yeah, uh, like we're we're the only thing I can say to that is that it does give you the sense of just how worn down he is. Maybe he's starting to lose his mind a little bit. Um, so or, maybe he's, or maybe he's just like he's always been. He just doesn't really give a fuck. He's like, <laughs> he's like, okay, you're here. You're not gonna kill me, but I really don't want to hang out with you. Yeah, I mean, he's like, <laughs> he's a, probably a rather depressed guy. Can so just have that his line? actions are just lock the door on your way out. You know? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Just a line. Yeah. Like I said, it was played well, but he he did have some weird beats. Yeah. You probably could have just used a lot more information about why he's acting this way. You just have to, as an audience member, infer that he's gone through a whole lot. He's not altogether there, or he's just he's just so emotionally damaged that he doesn't act. He acts weird. I'd have to hear his dialogue again of what him and. Gosling or him and Kay actually talked about at the bar again to see well maybe there's something in there that yeah maybe there's something I mean that, that comes out that he that affects him more than I remembered it what I remember way. them talking about mostly was just about him being on on the run with Rachel, with Rachel and about yeah. how how that really um, made him feel. But do they bring up the child at that point? Does he? Bring I, up I forget, his, uh, but it still doesn't so. excuse a line that says this conversation is over, or lock the door on your way yeah. out, or you have well, worn out your welcome. No. I just gave three lines. Yeah, they he do just, bring up the child, and he just he, leaves. He yeah. basically just gives the <laughs> simplest answer possible. He's just like, 
Okay. There is one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like, all you need. Uh, I think yeah. we're done here. Yeah. Mm. This conversation can serve <laughs> And then no he fucks around one. with his globe and sits in his lawn chair. Yeah. Mm. I want one of those globes. I want a friggin' Sinatra hologram mm. playing in the background. Mm. I love it to use a quarter, though. <laughs> I don't know. That seemed funny to me. He's like, oh, let me get a quarter and play mm. this hologram. I'm like, really? That's kind of funny. Yeah. So what about um, Joe? Is he is he dead at the end of this movie? He's just on the steps. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I... Mm. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't remember if you kind of if it's implied like a last breath. I don't. But yeah, you brought up earlier. Hey, what if it's um, if it's true and he is? Yeah, yeah but, but yeah, but then kid. did he survive? Yeah, he, he took they, they a he took a lot they, of damage, man. Yeah, he did he a lot of damage. I did really like that fight, especially the setting being in a. In oh, that that ocean storm, it looked oh, really amazing. Yeah. And just how committed the actors were to that fight, both Sylvia Hoax and um, Ryan yeah. Gosling, how you could read the motions from them. How in that water it, tank? Yeah, it was truly a fight to the death, and mm-hmm. they were committed yeah. all the way. And that's classic awesome. practical mm-hmm. filmmaking, too. They yeah. had a huge water tank out mm-hmm. there, it was and they just amazing. filled it with water, and they just had a huge fight. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love how love is like, I'm the best. Mm-hmm. You know, She just wants to be the angel, the best angel, the best replicant, and mm-hmm. she kicks his ass. Then he mm-hmm. comes in there and just drowns her, which I love that it was a drowning. It's just something so vicious about mm-hmm. drowning another yeah. replicant. Yeah. yeah. Like he could have shot her or something mm-hmm. like that, stabbed her, but he just holds her down. Mm-hmm. The screen right now, again, you look at uh, Ridley Scott. It's more killing women. From <laughs> I know <laughs> you can't believe. Okay, now the screen, the screenwriter of twenty forty nine says Joe or Kay is dead mm-hmm. on the steps. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh really? Doesn't mean shit no, though. No, I mean, you no. look Harrison Ford thinks he isn't a replicant. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. Ridley Scott says he is. Does it really matter what the yeah. fucking yeah. screenwriter says? If this ma- movie makes a billion dollars and yeah. you know Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. you know, is well received, then he'll be back yeah. <laughs> for a, mm-hmm. for a third movie. Like, we'll figure it out. We'll but I guess the music uh, cue there is uh, the music from Time to the Time to Die scene in the original, mm-hmm. which is a during a death scene. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess it's orchestrated and crafted to where he is dead. So mm-hmm. yeah, check out Time to Die score from 1982's okay. Blade Runner. I guess it's playing during that scene. But I get the feeling that he's dead. As well, and I would be happy if they do make a third one because I think he served his purpose, right. and I think with him looking to be a, a real boy mm-hmm. using the Pinocchio thing, right? Yeah. I think that he he earned that soul, you know, in a, yeah. in a way. I think he became more like, than human yeah. at that moment. By the you end, know, I at think, the end yeah, of the he movie, felt like he had more of a purpose. He had more of a purpose, yeah. you know. And, and as a replicant wanting to be human, I think that he uh, he reached that being more human than human, mm-hmm. you know, at, at that at that stage. I would probably lean more towards, yeah, that he probably died at the end there. You agree? Uh, I mean, that would be fine with me because you get the vibe that, like you're, all of you are saying, that he served his purpose. He did what he set to, out to do, well, or what his lieutenant set him out to do. And he's just glad that he could help Deckard. Who, I mean, Deckard still doesn't understand why he did it. I mean, he walks up for blank. Why did you do this for me? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I felt that Kay kind of gave a kind of vague answer. Like he, he wasn't, it wasn't a personal answer. It was just to the effect of that. It's just what I had to do. Yeah. 
Hmm. And I, I do a war is brewing too, and I really mm-hmm. want I would not mind seeing a third movie. And yeah. I think there's a lot of material here that this movie gave us to run with for a third film. So mm-hmm. I hope this does well because I'd like to, to see a, a, a third film. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dennis Villeneuve, I think that's how you say his yeah. name. Yeah. It's, it's it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one, but uh, mm-hmm. he is a fan of Blade Runner, and mm-hmm. I think it was in the right hands because oh, you can right. tell. I mean, it is I so. it's mm-hmm. so much love in every frame, yeah. every every miniature. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. is constructed and crafted so beautifully. And what's impressive is if you get all these other directors that are like, "Oh, I fucking love Ninja Turtles. I've loved it since I was a kid." And then they make a horse shit movie. Yeah. This guy, though, yeah, it was just so on point. Uh, you could just you could tell that he understood it, and there was love and appreciation for the original. And he wasn't trying to be like, oh, I love Blade Runner, but I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to make the, the gonna action-packed make version yeah, of Blade you know, Runner. shit blowing up. And like, he, he stuck with it, and I think it paid off because it, it it bridged those the, the time gap. It bridged it beautifully. Yeah. Right, and especially the visuals, they're basically an improvement. They're using the technology to make what... The, the the buildings and the spinner cars should look like like yeah. the spinner cars they're sleeker they're quicker and you look at love you look at love spinner yeah yeah his He's was beat up yeah mm-hmm. just yeah thank you for bringing that up you you have his spinners all beat up loves is like the ferrari of spinners oh yeah i mean it, it's gorgeous looking yeah. And I love the, uh, we didn't even talk about this, guys, the technology in Blade Runner oh, yeah. 2049. Mm-hmm. We did a little bit with the hologram. Yeah. I think it's it's so, yeah, I think it's done perfectly where 30 years have passed, mm-hmm. but it's just enough technology, just enough with right. the holograms, yeah. the spinners, because the spinners have those drones mm-hmm. that come off of the spinner yeah, yeah. And, and will record and, and send mm-hmm. the visual data back. Yeah. And then even, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but the, um, the blimp is gone. Ever since the EMP drop that you'll see mm. in the anime short, they don't have a blimp anymore. Mm. It's drones projecting the commercials onto the buildings, oh, cool. which is really cool. So I love the technology yeah. here. Yeah. It and puts it's a just, lot of thought into just it. Just a mm. lot of thought. Yeah. And visually, I mean, I can't say much more about it. Like, I, it'd be hard-pressed at this point for me to think of anything else that could outdo it this year. Dude, Roger right. Deakins is this year's Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, he need, I, I'm shocked that he hasn't won. 13 mm-hmm. nominations Dude, and that's, zero that's wins. unbelievable. Yeah. He w- I, I promise you, mm-hmm. he will get it this year. You know that scene where that huge hologram is um we, we brought up earlier who's mm-hmm. talking to um to Kay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's right after he finds out that uh he's he's not the the real mm-hmm. the that real he's boy. Not the son, right? yeah, yeah, he's not the son. I keep on bringing the Pinocchio thing back into <laughs> it, but um you know how his he has that that pink glow mm-hmm. to him? You know how he 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 lit that? It was a four-story neon pink light, mm, yeah. you know, and had that reflecting off of him so he could film. Yeah. I'm like, that is Beautiful. like stuff yeah. like that and is I, so brilliant. I man. felt that the color schemes were really great in this. Like the orange of Wallace's lair, the, mm-hmm. the grays yeah. and the blues of the cityscape, um, like the light the, the end of the, um, of the factory slash oh, yeah. uh, the factory labor camp. Too. Yeah. yeah. It's just... Uh, and the, fu- the every yeah. every every shot, location right? like the farm the the dusty gray whites of the farm are beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing about the cinematography is it's so beautiful. Like you don't rec- you don't it's not jarring. It doesn't seem mm-hmm. unnatural. It's 
the way he lit the the final scene there, the battle in the water, like yeah. that's gonna be tough. It's dark. You have water slashing around, but it's like lit perfect. Yeah. I don't know how you. And do you that. see the light on the back of the spinner. It yeah. just looks I don't so know perfect. How you do that? It's so it's perfect. He will unbelievable. win. Unbelievable. I, I he is so. this year's Di- DiCaprio. Unless he you will can take tell me Oscar somebody over. else, another movie that I'm not thinking of that was. Do you guys even think this has a chance as at being nominated for best picture? I can I'm see not it. sure about that. I think definitely production design, cinematography. Perhaps outside chance for Harrison Ford as supporting actor, score, maybe screenplay. We just get score yet. We got to talk. Yeah, about I, know. I know that's how uh, excellent this movie. Picture is. now that they've opened it up and there's what nine of them or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I think I can see it. That's what I'm saying. Being nominated when it was back yeah. to like four of them, probably not. Right. But with nine, I, I think there, I think there's enough critical mm-hmm. acclaim and that look, they're gonna. Give a nod to Look that. at these mm-hmm. movies too. Like I'm not a fan of all these movies, but they're I will say they're all beautifully shot. Um, his first nomination went to Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Okay, but uh, he did Skyfall, which I'm not a Skyfall fan, but that movie looks right. amazing. Mm-hmm. Sicario mm-hmm. is beautifully shot, yeah. um, and the assassination of Jesse James by that coward Robert Ford beautiful i still remember the train shot where the smoke's coming off the train and and uh, jesse james walks through the the smoke i mean mm-hmm. it, it's a beautifully shot movie mm-hmm. he will win this year there's mm-hmm. no you can't keep on screwing over Roger <laughs> right, right. it just don't make sense it's not he's been around a while <laughs> yeah so yeah let's talk about the score the score it's it's hard to to I, i'll say the Vangelis. first thing that made me feel like this is blade runner really was the score yeah you start with those like heavy synth and you're like all right I'm back in Blade Runner. Yeah. Awesome. It was the soundtrack and the world building were two of my favorite aspects of Blade Runner 2049. There's a part of the score, too, that is so awesome. It's like a race car revving up. I'm like, that is so, it's mean. And it just fits this world. And it's not just taking Vangelis and throwing it in there because I felt like they hardly even used that iconic Vangelis. Except for the the tail end. Yeah, the tail end. There was was moments of it, but I think this is its own score, Mm -hmm. but still very Blade Runner ish. There were enough like uh, nods to it. Yeah. So atmospheric. What do you think, Matt? I definitely thought that there was like a undercurrent of ambient sound throughout it. It was definitely omnipresent um, and impossible to ignore. It didn't strike me as much as you guys, but it definitely, I'm definitely going to watch it again, but it definitely, uh, it definitely um, contributed to the mood of the film. Yeah. So I, it's a great score. Like you said, it didn't, Maybe it didn't blow me away, but it was still a, a very solid score. Well, like I said, when when a director like this is trying to pay homage to a classic or, or a uh, um, property, you know, that they claim to love, there's there's more to it. And for him to get the cinematography right, mm-hmm. the uh, production right, and then the sound, those all have to be right. Yeah. And... Man, the music, like I said, that was one of the first things. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. I can tell that this is going to be good, and and it didn't let me down. I, I noticed it throughout the whole movie. I thought it was fantastic. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? We've hit on a lot of stuff tonight. This is a, we're at an hour and a half for our review, but that's um, Blade Runner 2049, man. There's a lot to talk about. Well, it's a three-hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to actually delve deeper into uh, the... The nude scene involving that replicant that uh, both Love and Wallace are admiring just for how creepy it was. 
I mean, it definitely gives you insight into Wallace mm-hmm. because he he's admiring her more as an object mm-hmm. than as a person. Because the one that he killed. Yeah, yeah I mean, See, I, didn't, I didn't feel like that. Did you, Marsh? Um, um, I could. I mean, the fact that he killed her then gave you the sense like these are products for him. Like he, he doesn't yeah. have any attachment to them. Yeah, because yeah. All he can while, admire he can admire his creation, yeah. but he doesn't really care. I almost got the sense that he was trying different because there wasn't like an assembly. I don't know how yeah. you you create because obviously it's slow to right. build replicants because mm-hmm. he can't he needs them to procreate so he can mm-hmm. take on the stars you know mm-hmm. and uh it's that dead space in the womb of a replicant you know that mm-hmm. uh, he's having difficulties with and i almost i don't know if this is true but i almost see that room as kind of like the testing room mm-hmm. and that he was testing this replicant here to see if he's finally mm-hmm. got the uh the one that can procreate here and that he was analyzing yeah. her and it didn't happen, so that's when he cut her and killed her. Because there's no other reason yeah. to kill her. I think it's just a juxtaposition by Love and Wallace coolly looking at her while she seems to be disoriented, confused, freaked out, what have mm-hmm. you, about... Because she's, she's like she's, a newborn. A newborn. Uh-huh. Yeah. So just I think just the contrasting emotions there just seemed a little bit odd. I mean, it was mesmerizing in that sense it, it, and striking just... Odd. I think it was odd because it. Jared yeah. Leto's a fucktard. Possibly. <laughs> I think he but just I, confused you. But yeah. I see what you're saying. It, it was now that I think back. It was an intense scene because of mm-hmm. that. Because right. because there is that duality of her. She's she's mm-hmm. just born yeah. and trying to breathe and un- understand this world that she's just welcome to. And they're yeah. just like looking at her and right. you know evaluating her. And he's like, oh fuck it, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. kill her. Because yeah. he has to maintain a, a certain. Because we don't know if she was a pleasure model. If mm-hmm. it was a, if it was a test replicant yeah. to see if this one could procreate. Yeah. Because he brings in those those little flying monitor yeah. turds. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still don't really remember kinda, what they do. Or I know. They... So I imagine because she puts that chip on the back of his ear, and I think oh, yeah. that helps. I think it bypasses the eyes and can probably stimulate the mind to show mm-hmm. you what you know oh, it's I looking at. I, I think that's how that those those things work. But mm-hmm. I think that it was just didn't meet design specs mm-hmm. because these things are machine. They're not mm-hmm. machines. They're creations, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to have if it, if it doesn't fit. Um, your product, then, mm-hmm. you know, you got to kill it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about was the um, baseline test that oh, yes. Ryan Sweet. Gosling had to go through. I mean, it seemed more like, I mean, it seemed very interrogative. Like, yeah. the the person who was talking to him was shouting at him to repeat the certain lines. And yeah. I got... Disengage. Sell. Yeah. Sell. Disengage. Sell. Yeah. Interlocked. Interlocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It was more like a drill instructor speaking to a recruit than, say, a, a like basically what it seemed like it was supposed to be an HR manager or mm-hmm. a psychologist talking to a patient. Yeah. But it seemed more like um, he was being put through a battering ram it's, or a battery of tests. It's very different than the tests in Blade Runner, like yeah. the test if it's a replica. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so you're in a and field that was more with a dog. And, and this was yeah. much more this intense. Is like, listen, yeah. repeat after mm-hmm. me, fucker. Yeah. So, you find a was, dead dog. I, I, mm-hmm. Do you know <laughs> what, like, uh, what they're trying to elicit there? Is he just supposed to respond right away and not get distracted by the yeah. other part of the question? I think that's what it is. You're like, oh, it was a beautiful yeah. day. Interlock! Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And like, you just mm-hmm. have to focus. And I guess that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, very interesting. I think though. so, yeah, it was. 
Yeah, yeah, those are good uh, points to bring up. I thought that the because uh, that's something very Blade Runner is this test, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think they did, they handled that very, really well, yeah. showing us a different uh, point of view, mm-hmm. you right. know, or a, a different way to bring on those tests. But, and right. then when he does it again after he comes back, I think it's just before he ends up kind of lying to her about mm-hmm. finding the child, mm-hmm. is when he kind of he doesn't really make any hiccups, but you can tell he's delayed in his response a little yeah. bit, and then she recognizes that, and it's like mm-hmm. he failed the test yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit. Is like, what the hell's going on here? Why are you failing the test? Let's get that yeah. cleaned up. He must have some hardcore tech. Everyone does, because, so, I mean, he found Harrison Ford pretty quick in Vegas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the, the heat radiation from, from him. Or... Wasn't it the, the beehives? He noticed that there are signs of life, and he just headed in that direction? That might be. Yeah, I'm wondering, I is that supposed that. to be Seems decorative like that happened beehives, all... or... Very quick. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, he yeah. did just kind of yeah. shoot out there and find him. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So man, that's a chunk of an episode, guys. That's good. You guys want to score one. this? Okay. Oh, actually, just just before that, I, I do remember that regarding them finding him finding a uh, Deckard. I think someone brought it up to him earlier that there were some sort of signs of life or something or other. And that's why he went to that specific area. So okay. I think there was it, yeah, there was it in yeah. world explanation. And that's just a minor bitch. It didn't yeah. really mean much to me in the movie. Right. Um, but yeah, what do you guys score this? Because I will say on a second viewing, I was a little restless on mm-hmm. the second viewing, and it's it falls trappings to a mystery. Mm-hmm. You know that that first time. I mean, I went with a, a guy named Brandon Saltzman, video editor Brandon Saltzman, and um, he's never watched Blade Runner, mm-hmm. and he was entertained. Because I think there's that there, there's that mystery, and he was he was entertained. He was trying to figure out the pieces. I gave him a, a couple things going in about you know Decker being mm-hmm. Blade Runner, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, he was entertained for someone who never watched Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I was on the edge of my seat. I couldn't wait to figure out who the kid was, you know, and, mm-hmm. and if they're going to answer anything with uh, with Decker. But the second viewing. I knew all those. Yeah. I knew all the uh, answers to those questions, and I, I was a little restless with that two and a half, two hour, forty five minute runtime. And so I, I, I can say I didn't enjoy it the second. It didn't get better the second time around. You know, um, just because the length and knowing yeah. the uh, the questions or the answers. But um, I think right now, and I had a huge problem with like fifteen minutes in the movie. You know, mm-hmm. um, that that Vegas chunk there that I explained earlier. So I'm gonna give it right now. I'm gonna give it a two. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to give it a four. I thought it was a great movie. We go um, ugly, bad, good, great, Pantheon. That's our five scale. I think it was a great movie. And I say, man, if you love Blade Runner, you're going to love this. If you don't like Blade Runner, you're probably not going to like this. What do you think? Um, It did have... It's very long. It is very long. But I thought the pacing overall actually was pretty, yeah, pretty decent. Well, yeah. I didn't like check my watch a whole lot or something. Like, well, how much longer do I have in this thing? So that was good. Um, Let me ask you this. To... Is it a cinematic masterpiece? Is it a sci-fi masterpiece? Have you seen that flying around? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Science fiction masterpiece. My gut says yeah. Okay. It's It was... Uh, very impressive for me. It might change for so, me, but I'm gonna say no. But I still think it's great. Yeah, I'm. I, I will give it a maybe on a second viewing, like you. Maybe it won't hold quite the same intrigue as the first time seeing it, not knowing what's going on. Uh, but I, I'm gonna give it a four point two five. Okay. Did you yeah. like it better than Blade Runner? That's Pantheon. Um, it for me, it's it's pretty equal. I think. Wow. For me, it's pretty equal. Like, it had a lot of really strong things going on. Because Blade Runner has some issues, too. This one had a little bit of issues, like we talked about. But 
it's it was just so impressive to me. I just I really enjoyed it. So. I love looking at this world. Oh, yeah. Man. I give it a solid four as well. Um, I think because it focused so much on Kay and that it was his story, that a lot of the other side stories didn't get the, get the attention they deserved. Like like we said before, Wallace is hardly in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, Deckard isn't really as much in the film as um, you would think, judging by what you're supposed to know about this movie. And... But still, I was I was completely engrossed throughout. Yeah, um, for the visuals, through Kay's trying to solve the mystery, um, through all of the different action sequences. So there, I can't and like like what we're talking about. I can't really find what you could cut from it. It's just yeah, it's that, weird. I don't know honestly what you could cut well, either. And I think the director's already said he's like, "There's not going to be other cuts." That's no. like, This is my cut, right? Yeah, because even it. though I think the joy and um, K stuff was mm-hmm. a little long, mm-hmm. that's the story they chose to tell, mm-hmm. and I honestly wouldn't cut any of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I mean, it, it felt. But like, like I was saying with the first Blade Runner, because it's not a film that you can really, really love just because it's not a happy film or except for parts, it's not an exciting film that it doesn't have that pantheon. Automatically, I won't say, oh, this is like a pantheon movie, but I highly admired it. Um, visuals, sound, everything else. So I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna, you can. I, I'm gonna say you can cut that sex surrogate scene because I've seen it in her. Mm, I think you yeah. could. You I think you could briefly talk about something like that. And you could yeah. still write a different scene to get her to come in the hooker yeah. and and Maybe. put the the plant that device in yeah. his pocket. I think you can trim that. Yeah, I did like yeah. that. Still moment. be meaningful. I did like that it. moment afterwards where Joy effectively says or she comes in and it thinks the vibe is that okay you're done now leave yeah like you, know, you, know, you serve, serve your, your purpose. purpose. Yeah. I mean, just the just the way she, um, the way she said it, and her her um, her posture about it just told told you automatically. Um, this is my man, yeah. and um, yeah, I guess don't <laughs> don't mess yeah. on that. I think you, I think you could cut yeah. that and allude to it. Yeah, maybe you could, or you, like you said, you could kind of probably tweak it a little bit, shorten it up a little yeah. bit, or there's there yeah, there's little things here and there you could probably shorten up or tighten up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when I think of like how I, um, decide my pantheon, like I break it down kind of like what we've done, um, different, uh, uh, visuals, acting, sound, all that stuff. I, I could see myself giving it a nod for pantheon. Wow. I really could. I'm glad you connected with it. I really could. Like, like we were just, we were just talking about, I, I love the music, thought, all the acting, as far as I remember, was spot on. The visuals were amazing. The production value was amazing. Yeah, even the visuals of his, uh, his what you find out is his daughter instead of his mm-hmm. son. You get that mm-hmm. reveal we didn't really talk about. Mm-hmm. But how she creates the memories and she's right under mm-hmm. uh, Neander Wallace's nose the entire time. Yeah. Um, I really think it's cool that we finally get to see someone uh, creating 
than yeah. memories. And that's something that's tricky, too. Do you want to see that? Like, off-world. Do you want to go to off-world? Yeah. Do you not want to? Maybe just leave it yeah. to the imagination. But I actually like that you have this large room that she can, you know, uh, put her... Uh, she has that little camera. You know, yeah. she creates those memories. I thought that was really a neat, interesting way but to show us the memories. They don't necessarily imply that she's the only one. That no, no. She, there's there's so, other ones. Yeah, yeah, she's the best. She's the best. Okay. She's the best. So I think that's okay mm-hmm. that they kind of introduce that, but it's not like... She does all of them. Do you think uh, do you think she actually has that uh, disorder where she can't leave that room, or is that something that... I think it's just a cover story yeah, I that too. her yeah. handlers, um, like Frasia and all and uh, the others, just told her to get her to stay in that room because they know that she's in danger and yeah. she's not really aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so. All right, so you give it a four, um, Matt? Yes. So we got two fours and a 4.5 and maybe a Pantheon push. Maybe, yeah. All right, guys. Well, where can Video Land find you? Uh, Facebook group, Marshall. Uh, and Instagram, Focus Jones. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at travelingmat seventy seven. You can find me on Facebook, uh, the Adventures in Video Land uh, group in Facebook, as well as on Goodreads. Right on. And tonight was a hell of an episode. And we're at, a, at an hour and forty minutes for a Blade Runner review. But hey, if you want to know it's about Blade, Blade Runner, Runner mm-hmm. we talked about some goddamn Blade Runner. So I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's episode. Just a quick reminder: um, if you'd like to donate to the studio remodel, go to the website and donate to the cause. If you can't donate the dollars, uh, visit our website and listen to our adventures. Share our website and our podcast. Your support is the only way that we can continue to grow and reach the heights. We can't even fathom. Do you guys want to throw anything in the kitty tonight? Uh, I got five dollars. I got five bucks. I'm gonna throw in too. Nothing. Nothing. Look at this. Look, look, at, look at this guy. Get on the I'll interweb, get on, you I'll cheap get bastard. Get on the <laughs> I love this. I'm just gonna start calling people cheap bastards <laughs> <laughs> at the table. But no, it's great. Um, we've had people bring in loose change, two bucks, five bucks, ten bucks. Cousin Wayne gave it twenty. Um, I'm trying to add twenty-five every single week. Uh, what we're doing is phase one. Uh, we're trying to reach $300. Once we reach $300, we are a little bit over 100 right now, about $125. Once we reach $300, we are going to put insulation up. We're going to frame the ceiling. That's going to keep all the heat, um, all the cold in here for the uh, for the uh, for the summer, all the heat in here for the winter. Um, and then uh, after that, we're going to start working on phase two. So I'm hoping to get the whole re- uh, studio remodeled. Couple bucks every week doing episodes. I think we can probably get it by next summer, so we're not sweating our assholes off and mm-hmm. hearing some mm-hmm. out, uh, outdoor noises like crickets. Some, yeah, some special guests. Mm-hmm. Yes, some special <laughs> cricket guests. Mm-hmm. So um, until next time, my good people, you've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. You can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com. You can find us on Twitter, on Tumblr. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. Until next time, my good people, stay groovy. Yeah.